Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Long week done. Let's talk about some music. Yes, and also joining us today is Mr. Sean Hill. Sean, how are you? I'm doing well, despite the circumstances in my life. Doing well. Let me start giving praise to the Lord for all the blessings that I do have, though. All right. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. And uh, so today, uh, it's been planning to do this and trying to get my thoughts together. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, the experience of going to Paisley Park after dark, seeing the piano on a microphone show with Prince, um, touring the Paisley Park studios, and just that whole three days uh, extravaganza. I, I call it the you know uh, Comic Con for Prince fans. You know, it was just uh, amazing time. So I'm gonna try and just sort of stream of consciousness, and we'll sort of talk about things and, and just go at that. But before I begin. I have to give uh, major love uh, props, whatever you want to call it, appreciation to uh, actually the guy, co-founder of this actual show. Uh, Me and him did the first two or three episodes together 11 years ago, I believe. Uh, Mr. Tobias. Uh, Why wouldn't he be to go on the show? I mean, I wouldn't even be to go to the Paisley Park if it was not for him. Uh, So he took care of everything for that. And I... You know, I tip my hat. I thank you, man. You, you you really made it possible. So shout outs to Mr. Tobias. Um, also shout out to uh, Pedro from saying your name right, sir. Long time listener. Uh, always been a supporter of podcast juice. Thank you, sir, uh, for uh, contributing, uh, helping me go as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So let's get to uh Thursday, Paisley Park. This is the the gala event uh, as it was built, piano and microphone. And let me just say this. I have never been to Paisley Park before. I believe Sean Hill has been. I know Sean Hill has been there before. Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> wait, wait, you booed me, but not him? Come on. I'm hating. God damn it, I'm hating. <laughs> so let me just give you what it felt like to like get there. Uh now, I've only seen pictures and stuff on video, uh, so I have no idea what to expect. But I will say this. Driving down the, the little highway street there, and when you come down, and, and let me say this. You know, this is uh, January, uh, snow out. You know, there's not snow in the street, but, you know, everywhere else. It is hella cold uh, in Minnesota. I don't know how they do it. I live in Seattle, but that's cold to me i was like Oof. so we get there and you just pull down the street and you see this building to the left of you and you immediately you see purple lights illuminating off the side of the building there are a few pictures out there of this building from that night but i was blown away like to actually see it in real life i was like damn that's paisley park like god damn and we're sitting at the light to turn to go over there and i was just staring at us like man there's so much history right there i was just like it's an experience to me it was just to see the building like i said something you fantasize about it'd be like if if it was real you know the uh the avengers headquarters or something i was like then they go pays the park so we turn into there and we turn to go into the gate 
And, you know, the whole thing was that VIPs, you could actually park in the parking lot um, instead of catching the shuttle buses they had, the big giant um, coach buses, which were parked outside. But when we get there, they had shuttle buses going there. Yeah, so for the general admission, you had to get on a, a coach bus at a designated area, and they would drop you off in there. It's not a super big parking lot, so it wouldn't be able to accommodate for everybody. Yeah, Prince is on his Disney World, isn't he? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. They, they, so, Mike, you were in the VIP, though, right? Yes. And so that's we, right. So, yeah, we were in the VIP. Uh, now, we came maybe, in, they said to come an hour early from the show. The show started at 11, so we got there probably about 9.40, and so when we pull up into the parking lot, it's a guy standing there, and you can see the lot was full. And he said, hey, you know, um, the the sh- first show has not let out yet. So once they let these cars out, then we'll have you guys park. He says, go around the corner, and there's a cul-de-sac across the street. Pull into that, and then we'll come and get you guys. So we're like, cool. And let me say, the, the, the guy at the, the gate, hella cool. You know, it was no funny business. Real cool people. So we went, me and uh, Tobias, we went and parked over there. And, of course, since it's freezing, we had the heat blasting. You know? <laughs> and and there, was a, there was already some cars in there, right? So we were sitting in there chilling. And like, okay, you know, more cars come. It was so funny. You could see some people getting out of their cars a little bit. And so this couple got, got out of their car behind us and walks up and knocks on the door, you know. And like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Oh, man, hey. So where are you from? Where are you? Dude was from Seattle. <laughs> like I didn't know him or nothing, but it just randomly that he was from Seattle too, and I was just, so I was tripping like that's a small world. Seattle, Seattle's up here. You know, I was like okay, and uh, so you could see him kind of making his way, meeting people. So eventually it gets to like ten o'clock, and I think at this point I looked on my phone and I could see that the first show started late. So I was like, okay, we're going to be out here for a while. And it starts to, you know, you can sort of start to see the madness of people in cars um, sort of getting into lines and different things. And it starts to move a little bit. So we pull up, right? And we're still in this cul-de-sac and we're getting to the point where we're getting to the, you know, the main street to turn and go across and then to take a left to sort of get in another lane of cars, a line of cars. That can go into Paisley Park. So we're at the uh, right at the street and, you know, this car is going back and forth. Here comes this car. This is this is the 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 bullshit of the only bullshit thing that ever happened. This car comes and pulls right in front of us. Backs up into us. Right. Because we're at the curb and she's coming down the street across so there really is nowhere for this person to go this person comes down the street stops starts to back into our car and we're like what are you doing like this is a line here there's a line of cars behind us right and we're looking at like what the fuck <laughs> you know and the person's like yeah, yeah. and i'm like is this is this yeah, gonna hit us <laughs> what is going on this person gets out their car and starts to, you know, she had like this platinum blonde hair, you know, real pasty kind of white skin, whatever, red makeup, you know, just she's done up or whatever. She gets out the car and looks to see if there's more room to back up. You should have checked this out. I see, you know, well, listen, okay, so we're out here in Minnesota, right? 
We are in the era of Black Lives Matter. Brothers getting taken down on a whole bunch of crazy. We're just like, do we want to get into a world star moment right now? Or are we just going to kind of let this ridiculousness go? Because it was about to turn crazy. And we're, and we're honking. And so Toby's like, you know what? F this. He, start, he backs up just a little bit. And she's still steady backing up into us. And we just pull out. And damn near, we just pull right into the street. And there was a the, the back gate into Paisley Park. Uh, or I guess the real VIPs was going in. We parked. We just kind of parked right in front of the gate, essentially. And we would have had to move if anybody wanted to come or go out of there. But otherwise, that lady would have just bogarted us. And just cut in line, you know. So it was ridiculous, man. We was actually really hot about that. But anyway, we finally get into it. I'm all about king of the car. Yeah, I said. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a mess. Uh, so we finally get up there. We get into the. We finally get through the line to get into the gate to go in and do. It's like yeah, just pull in, and you could immediately see that there was people coming out. And they had these big, giant purple boxes. They look like um, Sunday hat boxes, you know, like the women wear at church. But they were these big, round purple boxes. And they were giving them to everybody, you know, for the VIPs. And so that was cool. Like, I didn't expect that. And there was this big box. And, you know, you got the Hit and Run Phase 2 album was in there, a T-shirt, you know, your laminate, VIP laminates, and uh, like a poster, and I think Musicology album was in there as well. So that was cool. All right. Parked the car. And we're like, dude, we're about to walk up in this camp. You know, like, it, it's, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong between this, these footsteps and walking in that door. So we walk up there and we had our little hey, lamp. Go ahead. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Yeah. So now, is there any indication at up to this point that you should not even think about taking out your cell phone camera? Uh, well, when you get up there, when you, par- when you pull up, the guy's telling you, you can't bring any phones in there. Uh, he was like, you might want to, you're going to be careful with these smartwatches. Tobias had a smartwatch on. Uh, but it's common. If you are a Prince fan that paid $250, you already know. Like, that's going to be the quick way of getting thrown up out of here and not getting your money back. I will tell you this. The third night, there was a young lady when we were standing in line to get in. She had a camera with her. I don't know why you bring a camera in there. And they was like, uh, no, you going to check that in at the door check. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it back to you. But I had an issue. You know, I mean, these are very young. These people that live there. I was talking to them in line. They lived out there, but she was super young. So no, uh, just a camera. Yeah, you're you going to check it in. We'll get it back to you. Now, I saw her when she was at the coat check to leave. Um, yeah, I was getting my camera. What camera? Uh, Oops. Damn. <laughs> he said it like that, Mike. That, that, that's what they was like. Um, they couldn't find it. I don't know if they actually ended up finding it because I ended up getting my coat and left. But I was like, hey, they, they tried to tell you. <laughs> but anyway, get focus. So we get it, get to the front door. There's not really a line. Um, so we walk up. And I'm going to say this is what's cool. Uh, first person that's standing just inside the door as me and Tobias walk in was uh, Tammy. And she's been on this show before. 
she was on high heel boots i believe uh anyone who's you know really a part of uh podcast juice on facebook group you, you've seen her post before and that was mad cool because i immediately recognized her she immediately recognized me and it was just like cool i was like okay this feel like you know a little for uh, something you can be familiar with right because there's so much going on and she was like oh yeah come in i just seen the first show uh she started telling me what was happening on the first show i was like don't say no more <laughs> like i want to just suck it in but she's like cool let me show you where the best place to go to see it and then she so she walked this on through there and uh you, you come into this main little area right there and there's a lot of people standing around because it's sort of like the main little area before you walk into the main soundstage area and you can see just to your left they got merch for sale doing coat check just over to the side there you can also see the graffiti bridge motorcycle you know so i think my, my head is already kind of blowing up like ah it's too much so uh we follow her into the main soundstage right at the door i see a brother standing there and top mom i'm like i kind of I know this cat. Who is this? I walk up to him. It's Kirky J. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, what's up? You know, I have never speaking to him before, but just you see a person's face so many times, you just kind of feel like you know him or something. Oh man, what's up, man? I was like, man, I'm a fan, man. And you just kind of looked at, oh, all right, yeah, all right, hey, how you doing? And I was like, man, that's, I'd be clowning with that. That's Kirky J right there. I was like, okay, he rocking the door. And uh, so we walked in, and when you walk in, that's when it's like you at Paisley Park, man. You, you, you hear this this huge soundstage area. You see a piano, a purple piano on an elevated stage immediately in front of you. There's actually not that many people in there yet. And I was just like, you kind of like one of the, you know, a deer with the headlights. You're just like, whoa. And you can hear the music is playing, it's playing pretty it's like whoa! Now, was this the big, big sound? This stage is the area? big, big. Yes. Okay. Big, so this is where this is you were at where Sign of the Times was was, yes, was filmed. Yes, yes. Yes. And they had you know the carpet was laid out. They had these elevated. Hey, I, I, I got a question. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. We're gonna have questions, bro. You're gonna no, that's fine. Give us a chance to ask these questions. So, is this where um, the Rave to the Joy Joy Fantastic concert was shot? Yeah, yeah. It would have to yeah. be in that room. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. you know it was laid this, out this a little sweet. different. This when you first walked in? No, no, no. This is you. You first walk in, and there's a little sort of atrium, smaller okay. area, not the one you see on a lot of pictures, but it's a little area. And you can actually go into the soundstage, or you can kind of go around. There's a bathroom, and then there's the I think what they call a love for one another room. Um, so we went into the soundstage area, and like I said, you see the piano sitting up, and it's a smaller stage, right? Like if you were to walk in the door, the wall to your right was where the stage would be so maybe like 30 feet or maybe you know, 30 feet ahead of you there's a stage and and there's um and then on the far wall to the back was a big stage but princess piano was on the smaller stage um and then there was like little uh sort of roped off sort of area where you can see where that was where the vip there was some chairs and then in the very front of the stage were like pillows and stuff so we end up sitting to the right of the stage. 
maybe like the second row of small little chairs, slightly to the left of Prince, slightly behind him to the left. Um, again, it's a very small sort of area for a concert, so you, it's all excellent viewing. Um, and so that was amazing. And, and it's, it was cool because, again, just sitting in there and Facebook for what it is and social media, you'd be like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that. You know, you see all these people's faces you've seen before. You're like, what do I see this person? From? Oh, okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, the show itself. <clears throat> I, I will say this about the concert. The concert itself, I've never seen a show like this, particularly never seen Prince do a long form show like this. It was very interesting to sit there and watch him play piano. Uh, because initially when it first starts, it's almost like you don't really know what to do. Like, yeah, you're going to clap when he comes out, but it wasn't a stadium and it wasn't like thousands of people there. So it's like you could hear everything and you could... To me, it was like he was like upstairs in his room and just said, oh, let me come downstairs and play in my pajamas or something. And he just immediately goes into these songs. And I would say for me, the songs that he did, and I'll say all the songs here, it seemed like it was so, uh, and he even said to himself, so emotional. And it wasn't like this upbeat, you know, clap your hands. It was like this is a dude up there going in. Uh, very lush. Um, he was doing songs that weren't necessarily sad songs but the way he was doing them made them seem sort of like they were sad and low key but it was amazing to see because he's standing sitting right there in front of you and playing the piano and his voice was excellent like you know he had to stop and drink water or go behind, behind the stage a lot or whatever but all right, uh, let me give this set list. Let me regroup a little bit. Uh, so, so here's the set list for the show. Started off with "Wow," uh, the love we make. Look at me, look at you. Uh, the question of you. A thousand hugs and kisses. You're gonna see me. Uh, call my name. Uh, and then he does "Purple Rain." Uh, the dance. Can always never never say the song uh, to Amo Carazo or whatever. How do you, you say that? To Amo Carazo. There you go. Uh, a million days. Nothing compares to you. How come you don't call me anymore? Uh, the ladder. Now at this point in the ladder, to me, to me is where the show sort of changes at this point. Because <clears throat> when I've never heard him play this song live in my presence. To see it play live, amazing! Like everyone knows this song, right? And it's such a great song. To like, we've talked about how this song sounds on the records and stuff, but to actually hear it just on piano with him singing it in 2016, it's a whole different thing. And I think at this point too, he ended up kind of walking off the stage a little bit for a second, and then when he comes back. I think it was at this point, it might have been a few songs earlier where he was like, I forgot how emotional these songs can get at times. I might have picked the wrong songs. <laughs> you know, I'm sort of paraphrasing. He said something like that. And so from there, he goes into, I want to be your lover. And at this point, you know, things pick up because that's such a, 
you know, hot song and, and it's upbeat. And of course, everyone's clapping and singing along with them. And he does the song. And what was interesting is that he actually does, you know, the whole breakdown part. He was doing all that on the with just the keyboard. And I was like, that's that's I was like, that's dope. Uh, next is Raspberry Beret. And that's a great song for, you know, call and response. And he tells a little story about uh, Lisa uh, in this when he's playing it as well. Uh, next, Starfish and Coffee. Uh, Venus de Milo. There's madness at this point. Starfish, oh, excuse me. Sometimes it snows in April. Uh, he, he played Venus de Milo? Yes. It, oh. it, it was over. It was just like, <laughs> it was over. That's- that's the one song I would I'd pay a whole month's salary to hear him play that live. Yeah, it it was like and, it, and you go when you start hearing these songs, everyone's just like, ugh. You always hear somebody just dying back there, like <laughs> you know, a few people were crying. Uh, it was interesting, man. Um, sometimes it snows in April, killing it, man, just killing it. Uh, then he does "Dear Mr. Man," which I was like, whoa, how are you doing this song on a piano? But he worked. He made it work. Uh, a case of you, and then he he rounded he finished it out with he did kiss, um, you know full on kiss again still with the piano. This is the song that I was scratching my head when he did this, and I just thought it was hilarious because I think the song is is ridiculous. Uh, he did black sweat. Me and Tobias were dying. <laughs> but he was killing it. You know, he's just on a piano doing black sweat it's totally hilarious then he leaves for a second everybody's clapping you know comes back for another encore and he does a new song uh free yourself now i really really like the studio version of the song it was interesting to hear him play this on piano because it's a different song it's rather new and at first i was like hmm this is kind of this is really doing what it's supposed to do but by the time he gets to the end of it, he gets this call and response thing where he gets everyone to sing, um, free yourself, dun, dun, you got to free yourself. And that whole room starts singing that and grooving it. Man, you could, that energy in that was so amazing. And he, even when he gets up and you know walks off, we still sang that song for a good three minutes or so, hoping he would come back out, man. But... It was so dope to just hear everyone was still singing that. I, that's when you go to a concert when people are that hyped up, when you get them into that. There's a lot of good energy in the room. That was amazing to me. Like I was like, okay, I get that song. I see what he was trying to do. I wish he would have came back out again because he had everyone at the palm of their hands at this point. But them lights came on. <laughs> it was like, hey, you ain't got to go home. You have to get the hell up out of Paisley Park. Um, so I don't know if I'm glossing over that enough, but was it worth $250 to see that? You better believe it. Uh, you probably never heard these songs done like this before. Amazing performance. I will say this. Of course, I didn't go to the first show, but I heard about it and I actually listened to the first show last night. Somebody sent it to me. If you haven't heard what he did on that first show. Apparently, he walks out, he comes out and sort of goes chronologically through his life, sort of telling a story of him being three years old and not being allowed to play his father's piano 
and then starts to sort of go through that story. But him sort of playing the first songs he ever learned how to play. He played the Batman music, or he played it on the piano. Some of the different soul songs that he first sort of learned how to play, and then just started going through his albums. He did uh, the song Baby, uh, and he sort of like talked about himself. Then I had to try and find out who I wanted to be, what kind of person I wanted to be, who I was. And then he goes into Dirty Mind, right? And sort of talking about, you know, these first songs. Of course, they were about sex. That's what I was a young dude. And then, you know, sort of going into these other songs. And it ends with Anastasia. So he makes it as far as the Love Sexy album at this that first show. And you can hear him sort of like really stopping and, you know, like, whoa, this is some heavy type stuff. And he's really talking about his life. So it was interesting when I heard that. I understand why the show that I saw started the way that it did. Cause it's like I said, it's, it seemed like it was so like in this whole like emotional sort of almost sad type of place. And he was probably really just kind of coming off of talking about some real heavy stuff to him at least. And then sort of, you know, maybe he's like, I can't do a show like that back to back. Such a personal thing. I'm just going to these songs. So it was very interesting. I can only hope that he takes this on the road. And if that first show is sort of an indication of what he had in mind for this piano and the mic thing to really like do a very personal type of journey type of performance, that that would be amazing, man. Like who would not want to, I mean, for us longtime fans, that would be great to actually, you get to see Prince sort of explain or talk about, his life and why some of the things he's doing he did and what these songs meant to him at that time and again you can heavily see that it was all about his dad right um, all of the things of a, of a child wanting to be like their father or, or please their father so uh, very interesting I had to take a drink of water if you guys have any questions before we, we move on please go ahead at this this time well, let me ask you this um, during the musicology show uh, and I think it was a, a TV performance. I forget what it was on. He would come out with his acoustic guitar and do an acoustic set and talk between those songs. Was it something like that? Yeah, I, I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, but it was like that. But this one, he's even actually acting it out. Like he was speaking like he was three. You know what I mean? Like even more so of a performance uh, at this one. Oh, sort of like a him just sort of stream of consciousness with a sand, you know, it was, just, it sounded, I, I didn't see it, but it just sounded like he was, you know, sort of talking into Michael and yeah, you can't play that Prince. No, don't touch that. You know, so it was like being the voices of some of the, of his dad or other things too. At least that's what it sounded like to me. But it sounded amazing. And again, you never hear him play dirty mind or, or baby. Um, some of these songs, I guess it was, it was amazing, man. Um, so yeah, beautiful show by Prince. I, I was blown away. Uh, he definitely needs to take that on a roll. I could see it being, it actually could see, and they were filming it. I could see them filming that and like, that would be like, you know, Prince personal or something. You know what I mean? Like that could be his next thing where it'd be like, let me really tell you about my life, but I'm going to do it through music. You know, I'm just going to play it on the piano for you and act it out very interesting all right um what happened after that and here's the thing about paisley park and sean probably knows this too since you can't take anything in there 
you know, technology wise, it's like a you're in a different twilight zone, right? There's no clocks necessarily in there. So you have no idea what time it is. So it was almost like uh, like I had no idea what time it was. I didn't care. I couldn't get tired because I didn't know how long I had been in there. And I think we ended up walking out of there. It must have been like one or something. But it didn't feel like it. You know, it was just very weird. Again, you can't text somebody or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, where are you at? No, it ain't none of that. Like, if you don't see him or... It is very interesting. You're rarely in a place where you have no access. You don't have instant access to something, you know, to call somebody. And in there, you don't. So it's very different to me. Um, so we ended up leaving, and we went to uh, Perkins. Right? I guess it's like a tradition to go to Perkins after you come out of Paisley Park, which is like a restaurant, all night restaurant. Uh, ironically enough, the one we went to down the street was closed. Uh, but then this was a Thursday night. So we went to another one, which was open. It was so funny. We in there, uh, in walks uh, Dr. Funkenberry. And we had never met before. I mean, we knew each other from online. But there was only a few of us in there. So he comes in, comes right up to the table. And it's like, yo, what's up, man? And he basically tells us what happened at that first show because he went to go see both of them. So that was real cool. Shout out to Dr. Funkenberry. Um, met him at that. Uh, the next, the next night, so the next day, uh, they announced uh, Larry Graham and a band called Foe. So we're like, of course, we're going. I believe it was <laughs> <laughs> it was fifty bucks, I believe, to get in, and uh, it was just you know tickets sold at the door. So we get there. Oh, before that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to ask you out. So you may have already said this. How many people would you say were at the show that you were at the Thursday? Oh, man. It's hard for me to say. Uh, I know that it was sold out. How many people? It wasn't. It was a comfortable crowd in terms of it was not like wall to wall people, you know, in that space. So like 500, 1,000? Um, that's, yeah, I guess, I guess you could say maybe that's, I would say a thousand. I think it holds a couple thousand or something like that. Again, it didn't feel like it was too many people in there in terms of didn't feel, you know, bunched up, but there was a lot of people there. And are you standing or is it, is it like an auditorium? I, I, well, I sat in the chairs, um, and the people stood around us. So definitely I'm too old to be standing <laughs> I had to sit down, but no, I guess I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get a sense of what the room what, did. It look like a concert stage, or was it just like a big open room? Or where it's a huge sound stage, and again, there were two stages in there. Actually, there's an excellent video um, online that shows what it looked like in there, oh. uh, even the construction of how they laid it out for this show. So definitely uh, take a look for that. But uh, it, it was, I mean, it was. It was, you know, it was a soundstage that was made to look like a nice little concert area. Um, and then they had these elevated couches sort of along the far walls. Okay. Where, you know, you could sit up there and chill out and stuff. Um, you know, there was no drinks. There's no alcohol in this place. They sold Red Bulls and water. Um, 
There was also, I didn't notice this to the second night, but there's a kitchen in there that was actually taking orders for food. Uh, I, I want to say it was like macaroni and different stuff. Like <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't order it, but I was like, I, was, I saw somebody standing there. I was like, is that lady just standing there taking orders? I was like, what the hell? But apparently there were. The second night, so yeah, Larry Graham, Foe. Uh, Foe is a Minneapolis band, uh, instrumental band, funk type of band. I will say this. I think they were very talented. Uh, they had a horn section and then these cats was on guitar, bass, drums, keyboards. They were doing their thing. For me personally, I probably would have rather listened to them than look at them. So it just kind of wasn't doing much for me visually. And, you know, it was kind of like those bands where technically they are dope, but they just, you know, you, you either going to have the feeling of it or you're not. And I just did, I didn't feel like the sloppy funk that I was expecting. You know, it was very like they were the Larry Graham and I mean they were the excuse me they were uh, Larry Bird versus a Jordan who was just you know ah, you know let me fly up in the air with my tongue out and so you know so there's a difference between you know James Brown and uh, who who you know. Just doesn't have that stank to it, but technically they were dope, so they was all right. Uh, Larry Graham, a lot of people shit on Larry Graham. We like to poke jokes at Larry Graham, but I had never seen Larry Graham live before. And I will say this: Larry Graham is the truth. All right, like that show was fire. Larry came out walking through the crowd thumping, <laughs> and it was filthy. <laughs> I could see why Prince is all on Larry like that on stage. Larry is dope, man. Like the band was filthy. He had Shelby J in his band. And I'm going to tell you, Shelby J is nothing to fuck with. Uh, there's a point where they let her do a song. She did. Uh, I'll take you there. Damn near stole the show. And I mean, stole the show. I, was amazed at what she was doing. You know, the power of what she does is that she knows how to command a stage. And if you're not on your game, she'll take it from you. She may not be, you know, I'm not even talking about like the singing or whatever, but she knows how to take an audience and get you in the palm of her hand and shut it down on you. And that's what she did because she got out in that audience and was singing and had people feeling it. And they gave her, and she was up there for a long time, and it didn't feel like I wanted her to keep going. It was just like amazing. Uh, I don't know if I can see why she's not in Princess Band or or, or not, because she is a beast. <laughs> That's all I can say, man. I don't know if it's her smile. It's just something about her, man. She was filthy. I, I'm on her nuts, her bra strap, whatever. Amazing. Larry Graham came back out um of course he did all the hits but one of the songs that really stood out to me if you know his stuff he did um on top of old smoke day and it was just him and the guitar players alone they took it on some like folk funk you know swamp down south it, it was filthy man uh larry gotta be like 70 some years old he was still dancing Getting it in, I mean, 
just uh, amazing. Um, can I can I add to that real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I saw Larry in '98, '97, somewhere around the the uh, stop cursing phase. It was the mm. uh, it was uh, the not hit one. Oh gosh. Anyway, I don't remember what tour it was. Um, and they opened for Prince. This was in Atlanta, uh, Graham Scissor Station. And yeah, he shut it down. Man, he you know just you know, and I as you said, just 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 with the bass, just you know, uh, and he played all the hits. He probably did the same set list <laughs> that he did back <laughs> back then. But but yeah, you know, as as a musician, as as that cat, there's no doubt. Now the, you know the influence you know that he's had on Prince. That that's another topic. But uh, as just as a straight musician, yeah, Larry Graham is definitely definitely fire. Yeah, there was um I don't, I don't have her name it was a young lady the other singer in the band and she got a spotlight she did um uh, what's the song about the rain I can't stand the rain I can't stand the rain in my window no. oh, <laughs> that was another showstopper shout out to that lady I don't know her name I know she said she was from Oakland a uh, white chick bad just bad just did he do a lot. Of uh, sly stuff because he usually does that too. He, he did. He did. He did like a little section. It wasn't. Too, it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. Not at all. Uh, but I mean, uh, it, it. And when he did it, it was appropriate and it worked. It didn't overstay its welcome. But yeah, the showstoppers was. Uh, I can't stand rain. That like that. She she went to church on that one. I was just like, okay, whoever she is, I, I know. I know the brothers is, is jockey. But. uh yeah, that that was that was amazing. At, at a certain point, you could see Prince came out. He was kind of standing to the side. And it's so interesting you when when somebody like Prince walks out there, you know, the, people can't help but to turn their heads. And I was standing there as I was over to the side, and I was like, "Well, it seemed like people are sort of moving over here for some reason." And I didn't know he was over there, and I looked. And I was like, "Oh, okay." It's like, yeah, that guy just. They'll pull the energy from whatever's going on. But uh, they kept doing their thing. And like I said, Larry was amazing. I'm glad I got to see that. And it was cool because, again, the first show with Prince earlier yesterday, it's a different type of show. It's piano. You know, it's not the jam and all that kind of stuff. It's a different type of vibe. So it was cool to get that vibe from Larry where you got that sort of more conventional performance. But it was funk. And again, to see a bass player, you know, just uh, amazing. So I'm very, very uh, happy to see Larry. Dope concert. Now, what was going on as these shows were going on, they were also doing tours of Paisley Park. And so the tour was $40. And they were doing them sort of in between sets. So um, instead of going into the first round of tours, I went after the Larry performance. So we uh, went and bought our tickets. And then what you do is you go into the smaller room, which I think was the, uh, it has the uh, new power. What's it? Uh, I'm tripping. It has the MPG music club thing on the floor. So you've probably seen this in on video before, but it's a smaller sort of room. that has a, a stage and then there's couches and stuff. So you go wait in that room. And also this is the point I wanted to say this, uh, the people that work there, at Paisley Park. Uh, mad respect for Prince because I will say this. He had all of us working there. Right? Uh, when I say us, it was wall-to-wall black folks. And it was a lot of older 
It was like your mom's, your mom's and them was working there at Pansley Park, like which I thought was cool because they're so nice. And you're not going to be running your, you know, you're not going to be acting a fool or being stupid when your moms and grandmoms and them is standing right there. And that's what it, you know, I was like, oh, how, you, how you doing, ma'am? Oh, you okay, baby? You okay, baby? Yes. Oh, you have a good time. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I was like, <laughs> like this is dope. Um, so, so, yeah, a lot of us working in the, of course, we was all in security. They, you know, brothers were suited and booted. They looked like it was on some Obama uh, Secret Service was going on up in there. Brothers was walking through, but it was just dope to see that. I was like, okay, that's filthy. Uh, and I saw uh, uh, Taika. She had been on the show before, Princess Sister. She was in there. I don't know if she remembered me because I was like, how you doing? She's like, oh, hi. I was like, Michael, she's, oh, you know, but she's like, there's so many people around her. Uh, who else did I also see? I saw him the next night, but I throw this out there. I walked up to Josh. Um, I was just walking through the dance part, and he was walking through. I was like, Josh. And he said, hey, what's, I said, what's up, man? And I was like, I wanted to say, I'm sorry, man. Aunt didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But he's like a cool dude, man. Um and I also saw in there, he was real low key. Uh, the other brother from the Game Boys who had the tilted, you know, hair cut sideways. I forget, uh, Damon. Damon. He was in there. He had like a black leather jacket. He just like a, a, one of the homies from around the way. But I, I happened to walk by him in the light. I was like, oh, that's that one cat. He was on his incognito. But shout out to him. Um, so getting in line for the tour. All right. So the tour. Uh, so here's what was dope to me. Of course, you start. To, you, uh, I've seen people, you know, people come up to you. Oh, man, this is the podcast, blah blah blah. Uh, but my young brother, uh, Jester, he was in there, and um, I was talking to him earlier. I think it was the night before, or maybe it was earlier that night. It's all bleeds together. But we were talking, and uh, this lady came up to him, older lady, and she was like, "I've been looking for you," and he was like, oh, yeah. And he she grabbed his hand or opened his palm. And I noticed he had what it looked like. And he could tell me later. It looked like he had like an eyeball in the palm of his hand or something with some sort of stamp or something. I was like, what the hell? And she's like, oh, they want you to do something. And then I was like, all right, man, I'll talk to you later. So what I think what they wanted him to do was they were having him do the tours uh, through Paisley Park. So when we finally, they finally kind of get our group together to go, you know, um, here he comes. He's like, <laughs> he looked at me. I looked at him. I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, you're doing it, bro. <laughs> I was like, are you in there? So he's like, yeah, man, follow me. So I'm going to try to tell you what I saw here. Uh, try to remember what I can. When you first go down this hallway. You've seen this hallway on TV before. It is the hallway that has the pictures of Prince on the wall. And it's like going in chronological order. So, you know, starting from the first album and all the way down. And there's these huge pictures of Prince on the wall. And it's like a narrow little hallway. But on the other side of that wall are these glass cases 
uh, into the wall and set into the wall that have like his Grammys, his um, Moon Men, MTV Awards, his uh, Academy Awards, all the different awards that he has are in these glass cases. And you can look at them all. That was a head buster, man. <laughs> Just to walk down there and see him in real life. I was like, you know, and then they had the the gold albums and stuff on the walls. And I was just like, damn, this, this, this dude did it. I was like, all this work, all this work you see right here. That's why this building is here. That's why we all here. So that was amazing just to walk down that. It was like a memory lane type of thing of accomplishments of Prince. Incredible. Um, just to see them, we got to just kind of stand there and just take, he's like, man, he's like, yo, take the, take a minute to look because trust me, it's going to go by so quick and you're going to be mad that you didn't really look at it. So I really got to look at that stuff and I was just like, this is filthy, man. I was like, okay, I remember why I'm doing this podcast. I remember why I'm even here. So dope. Um, It's almost like a maze. You go down another door or something and the next thing I know, we are in the studios, recording studios. And right when you come in there, <clears throat> I remember it was a big room. Um, you know, like if you were in the sound booth, I mean, if you were in the control room of a studio and you looked at the glass and some of the studios have a big open room where you could set up a whole band and, and different things. So we walk into this huge room like that and just like... You know this is where it goes down at. Like, you know, like cats being they done you know, Love Sexy is in here. All these albums, they was recording that shit right here. You had some instruments laying around, there's a drum kit in the middle. There was uh the uh the OBX or whatever, I can't remember what synthesizer is called. The OBX is the he uses that like on nineteen ninety nine. Autumn classic joints. It was in there, man. A lot of cats didn't know what it was, but I knew what it was. And me and Toby were looking at that bug, you know, and it looked beat up. But I was like, damn, this is the joint right here. <laughs> so, I mean, as a musician, you see something like that and the, the history behind it. I don't know if they put that in there just for people to see it, because I don't know if it still works or if they use that. Y'all don't hear it on these records no more, but amazing. I was just like, okay, damn, I wanted to touch it so bad. They're like, no, don't touch the. What? Uh, no. Go ahead. I, I got to tell you, what would blow my head open is if, um, if, if, if he had the Lynn drum in there that he used. To yes, that would have been a head buster as well. Yep. Yeah. This is the same type of a era without instruments. It would have been the, you had the Lynn drum and then that OBX, um, which is the keyboard where you hear all those sounds, particularly like Purple Rain. All that stuff is on that. So, yeah, that was amazing. And then, um, again, another these more doors into these different studio rooms. But what was interesting is you could hear uh, the recording of the previous night's concert playing. So they were in, I don't know which studio it was, but it was a white dude in there. And he was mixing the piano on the mic show. And it sounded fabulous. I was like, dude, they, if they did just slap that up there for... $20 for sale it it'll have been easy I mean is that easy I, I was so amazed I was like I was like let me get this straight my man did a concert the night before 
they got concerts going out out there right now. You know, Larry Graham just finished. There are people out there dancing to the DJ, socializing, walking around, and they got people in here working. You know, and it was like one something in the morning or whatever. My man in here working, editing the show from the night before. That's when you're working in like a job. I was like, don't get it twisted. They doing work in here. I was like, this is dope. My question. Yes. Uh, now, when I was out there for uh, for the celebration, they would play the video from the night before. Uh, and, mm. and did they do that? Uh, no, but what they did do, I didn't notice at the time, uh, and from the third night, I guess they were live streaming the okay. third night. Um that night, but they did play some other concert videos the next night, which I'll talk about. Um, so, yeah, in that studio, going into Studio A, the big studio, and that's the one you've, I've seen on TV many a times and videos. And you, you can sit at the control board if you want. You know, I sat back on the bench right behind the control board, and I was just like, man, just, just imagine if you were just in here, man, and they was just like cutting, I don't know, whatever song you think about. This is where it goes down. And you see all the you know the tape machine. They still had the reel to reels up in there, which apparently still worked. The control board. Um, what else? They had a picture of Prince's dad was in the corner. I thought that was dope. And we just got to, to soak it in, man. It was the lights was flashing and stuff. They didn't. I wish they would have played something because I would have loved to hear the music coming through those speakers. Like you could, so you could really hear what them songs sound like instead of you know these sort of compressed sort of versions we hear, uh, but to hear them in the studio, like I want them to put the tape up, put the mix up, so the tracks, you know, and if they was to be isolated, I want to really hear it. Can, can you turn up the bass parts? I wish they would have had like, if they had had like studio school for an extra 50 or something, <laughs> I would have been all up in that bitch, but blown away. It, it, you, you get no more head buster than this. Uh, just Just to be in there to see it. Um, uh, Jester took us to another side room and I think he called it the space room or something. It was a very small little room in between the studios, but it was like stars were on the, the ceiling it was dark in there and it was like a space little, just a little room and they had a picture of Andy Allo in there and it was just a trippy ass room, man. I was like, I don't know what they use this for. You just sit in here and vibe or write lyrics or something, but it was it was just a dope little space room. I, it, was there a couch in there? I don't know if it was big enough for that. I can't remember to be honest with you. Because I, I I would like to hazard to guess what that room was used Hilarious. for. <laughs> <laughs> I think my I think that room is in the Emancipation booklet. I think. Mm, okay. I'm not sure. Don't don't, oh, don't hold right. to that. But it I think be. that I think that room is in there. I need to go pull that out while you're talking. Pause. And, and you were talking about the the uh, the the studio, man. Pause. I, pause. Yeah, I, said, I, said, <laughs> uh, I would I would pay. Say, just give me give me the isolated tracks to uh, new positions, just so I can uh, just so I can hear that baseline clear, yeah. clean. Just just the baseline. That's it. I don't want anything else. <laughs> that's, that's what I would love to do if I ever got in that studio. Yeah, that was uh, it was dope. And then there was. There was another, I think, Studio C or something, but we didn't, they didn't let us go in that one. And at this point, um, my man was telling us, he said the tour they just did before us, Prince had walked in there with a plate of cookies. <laughs> We're just giving people cookies. So I was like, what? 
but but no no prince he didn't come out uh, when we were out there and then we went into at this point i have lost all sort of frame of where we're going and headed but then we walk into a bigger room and at this point they sort of put some of his like memorabilia type stuff out there so a lot of the newer outfits that he had worn you know in the past year or so they had him up against the wall and of course you know my man was like yo you know don't touch stuff you know have but of course you got you know i always got to be one you gotta <laughs> touch it he's like didn't he tell you not to touch it well i just want to <laughs> oh, i hate people like that <laughs> Like, come on. I just is, want to see. Yeah, it's like, this is why they don't do this type of stuff very often. But uh, they had the Purple Rain motorcycle in there and just all kind of stuff. You know, at this point, I was already just kind of like, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm, man, it's too much. I I know I'm forgetting something. We may have went into another room. I just, honestly cannot re- remember. But what I did was walk away from that was... I was telling my man, Jester, I said, man, like for you to be able to do this, you didn't been in here <laughs> a few times <laughs> to know the history of these rooms and all this. I just said, I tip my hat to you. And I, I told him, now, I tell you now, I tip my hat to you, dog, because I he ain't been doing this for very long. And uh, I know that he moved out there to Minnesota probably last year or something like that. And now he's doing this. I could see like probably in a couple of years or whatever, he'd probably be working there and he'd be like the, the one that's sort of like, you know, the in between or kind of giving suggestions what to do next. And, you know, he's sort of got his hand and what's going on there. And, and I think that's cool because he's a young dude. And I think when he was on the show, he was like, his first album was, I forget what he said, um, not new power soul, but, one of the newer, like, musicology or something like that, like, you know, but I thought that was dope. I was like, you know, next generation of people that respect what's going on here are, 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 are the ones in here doing this. So that was good. And also shout out to uh, Dorothy. She, she was there as well. Um, so, yeah, I was just blown away. Paisley Park, man, you have to go. If, if, for, if for nothing else, if you listen to this show. You have to find a way or opportunity to get down there because it's a sight to see just to be in the presence of it. It's amazing, man. You have to hey, fucking go. Fine. Cosign. Hey, Mike. Go ahead. Um, do they do um, regular tours unless he's Oh, do they only offer tours if he's doing a show like you went to? I think it's only when it's something like this. I, I do believe they did it. A month or so ago, whenever they was doing those, you know, one-off little shows at night there, and they did them at that point too. So I think, for the most part, if they're doing something, they'll offer that tour thing. You know, there there used to be I don't know if the studio there used to be a website, but all the website was was bookings, booking the studio, booking the the uh, uh, stage area, that kind of thing. <clears throat> it didn't have anything about uh, you know taking tours of it. But yeah. That would, that would be a, kind of lucrative, though, if, if he did that. But I don't know how many people actually like just travel to <laughs> Minneapolis just just on a whim. Yeah, not like I said. If they do a show or something, and you have the opportunity to go, then I say go and bring the extra forty bucks so that <laughs> <laughs> you can at least go. And I think the one we got to see was more of a mini version of of what they probably done in the past because we didn't get to go see the vault 
and we didn't go into that main atrium area that you see a lot, like when he was on Oprah and stuff. That part of the building was closed off to us. Um, so, but did you, now oh, he, this this may be a dumb question, but you were talking about he he uh, during one of the tours or something he came out with a plate of cookies or something. He doesn't now. He doesn't live there, does he? I, I personally don't know. That I would not be surprised if no, he, he did. Doesn't. But I, I've heard there was a lot of wild conversations from overzealous fans about where he lives and doesn't. Some people said he may sort of stay there a lot, but I don't think that's his actual house per se. But there again, I'll, there is a kitchen there. There's people cooking. Because I just assume he he puts in he works around the clock, twenty four hours. It might make sense if he had a personal space. In the studio, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's he has a sleeping thing there or something. I think his office was like an upstairs type of thing. They were going up these steps mm. and stuff. Um, but again, there's a lot that I didn't see at that place, too. I, I, I'll say this, you know, <clears throat> in the past I've gotten into it on Facebook about, <clears throat> just more out of out of fun about, you know, Michael Jackson versus Prince. But I, I, will, I, I have to say this for, for Prince. He, he has something. I mean, he already has Graceland. And you you've seen it, unlike and I, which I have not. I mean, he he has this legacy in stone. Well, Michael kind of dropped the ball on that. I mean, once Neverland, they, I, my understanding is they're going to raise Neverland and you know uh, develop it. But so that that's gone. Prince has something I got to give to him. He has something that's going to stand forever. You know what I mean? Am I making sense? No, I hear you. I mean, yeah, yeah, you make it, yeah. It, it, it's here now, <laughs> well, you know, what happens to it later. But I got to say, it's interesting the fact that, uh, and we'll get into the third night, but he's alive and well, right? He's still actively doing stuff. And now it's to the point where it's like, just come to my place and experience these things. That's amazing to me. It took a long time for me to get there. But I'm glad I actually got to see it while he's still alive, while it's still stuff popping off, still new albums popping off. There's a lot of activity going on, and it's dope to see it while it's still essentially in its heyday, right? It's not Graceland yet, which I hope that it could be at some point years later because there's a lot, obviously there's a lot there, but it's, it, that's what I'm saying. So it's one thing to go there now when he's still doing it. It's very interesting. I wish I was there last night with the time. That just ridiculous. Um, but all right, quickly, the third night was not a performance per se. It was just billed as a DJ, Prince on the one and twos. So we go back again, and I think the third night was only 25 bucks. Uh, so we go back to that one. We get to park in the parking lot. You know, there's not as many people this time. Still a group of people there, but it's not like it was Thursday. And uh, it was more low-key. It was just a dance. The DJ, let me say this, and I'm not saying nothing, I don't want to say anything negative, but the DJ that they had, bruh. <laughs> With respect, he was a horrible DJ. Bruh. <laughs> from, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from... You sure it wasn't Tony? Tony M? I wish it was. <laughs> oh, damn. I was we'll like, what kind we'll of... We'll bad, Mike. Well, you know, I see, again, DJing may be totally different now. One, I know that I don't expect everybody to be on the 1200s, you know, on the ones and twos, right? I understand that it's all computerized. I get that. But when you're playing 
songs, you still have to have the transitions. You know, the music's still supposed to flow together. Right. My man was literally, it just sounded like he would play like, bring it like a black sweat. Ah. And then he would just go into, uh, what's the most, ups- I mean, something that was a totally different beat per minute, flow, feel, and it was so jarring. Like, okay, he's playing, for example, let's say he's playing Nasty Girls. Oh, okay. People are going to start dancing to that. And then he would just go into, uh, I want to dance with somebody. Oh, Lord. You'd be like, what the fuck? Now, they didn't do that, those actual song combinations, but that's what every transition he had sounded like. When he got something going good, then it would, it would be ruined because some other weird song would come in. Even if it was all Prince songs, it was just so random. I, didn't, I, I was like, that's not DJing. Like, you could have probably just had a fan up there playing a playlist at least. So that was very jarring, and it sort of kind of was hurting sort of the danceability of the room see, a little bit. See, now, you know, you know that was Prince's nephew, and he's <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So that guy is doing his thing, right? <clears throat> and everyone's just like, ugh. You always know, remember Martin was in uh, House Party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> I was just like, damn. So eventually they hear this big rumbling. Brrr, and the speakers are super loud and rumbling. And they're, oh, and I'm sorry. Before they, while they were doing all this, on a constant loop, they were playing Barbarella movie. I was playing on all the video. Then projecting this big video screens behind the DJ and on the screen, on the walls. So then they go in and start playing a concert video. And I, I want to say it was like Jam of the Year show. I don't know exactly where city it was. I have actually never seen this footage before, but they just start playing it. Uh, Prince, the Jam of the Year tour. And I think maybe they play like the first 20, 30 minutes of it. And it was kind of cool to watch because I've never seen it before. Playing on the big system and, you know, sitting there watching a bootleg, basically. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then they go back into the DJ. And he does his thing for a while. And then another video comes on. And it's a concert. Uh, it's a Diamonds and Pearls concert. And I've actually seen this video before. It, it must be out on Bula. I remember seeing it years ago. It's a Diamonds and Pearls concert. It, it looks like it was actually made to be released at some point back then. Because it's edited. And there's like B-roll footage in it. That's probably Earl's Court. It might be. And it has like, you remember it has like this weird, when he did do Daddy Pop and they keep showing those song titles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. that show. Uh, man, doesn't not, not doesn't really happened. hold up in terms of the video production in 2016. But you know, it was cool to watch it. Um, so they play that for a while. Eventually, DJ comes back. Eventually, Prince comes out. So the DJ's on the main big stage. So all the way on the other far side of the room, they set up a, it looks like it was a laptop and a keyboard maybe. And so Prince is going to start DJing. But what he does essentially is the sampler set. 
He just does a you know does a very long one and, and way more interactive. But he starts doing the whole sampler set thing and he's singing and it's dope. You know you can just at this point I'm just kind of sitting down on one of the chairs, one of the elevated chairs, and I'm just kind of watching and just grooving. And Prince probably starts doing a lot of the Phase One material, but of course it's all looped and stuff. And at this point you notice that like um, Third Eye Grill and Josh and they're sort of like up there on the dance floor and most of the people at this point have sort of moved from the dance floor and just kind of moved standing in front of where Prince was and just kind of watching them like zombies or something. <clears throat> There's only a few people dancing. But, you know, he's like, oh, you did your thing on this one, Josh. And they're playing, uh, what's, what's that one song uh, that you, I know you like it, uh, Q, Hit and Run. Phase Texas. Texas Face. Yeah. I mean, it's insanely pumping the, uh, but it's it's still just the loops of it, you know. And then they go to playing some of those other songs off that album, and it's to me it's interesting to hear those songs like that, and you kind of you can really these are just like loops and not much melody going on, so just a lot of hard driving type of stuff and it's very it's interesting to hear that kind of Prince music versus the other some of the other stuff and I, and I was kind of questioning kind of a little bit I'm not saying nothing negative but I was like eh okay <laughs> I, I could see Sean why he side eyeing a little bit <laughs> but you know it is what it is it's wow. like, it's, it's, I'm not saying anything negative, but I was kind of like, but again, I think that may be speaking more to the sampler set style than if it were actually performing the song because it's still, he just has to, he can only really loop so much of it. Well, the question I have, which may be off topic, but now you said that Third Eye Girl was there. You said Josh was there, right? Yeah, I didn't, now I know I've seen at least two of the Third Eye Girl members. I don't know if the bass player girl was there. Again, uh, I couldn't, be specific, but it did look like they had the stage set up for a possibility that they so, might play too. My question is: Are they being paid? I mean, they're. Empl- oh, I have no idea. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Are, are they there just to have a good time, or is, is Prince paying them? To, is that considered like rehearsal time, or is that time on the clock? For Wait, them? No one on this podcast can answer that. <laughs> I'm, I'm no just curious. You know, I, just, I just throw it out there. I sure. Just, yeah, I have no idea. Me. I'm gonna stay out their pocketbooks, but. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, he's, you know, he started doing a lot of that. And then, you know, he did the sampler type stuff and it was cool. And then there was a part where he was like, DJ, you know, jump on this. And so he was trying to go back and forth. And me and Toad was already, oh, yeah. <laughs> DJ, he was, he was on some other. And I think they were streaming this stuff as well. But there was a part, I forgot what Prince was playing something. I want to say it was like 17 days or something, you know. And my man. He's like, DJ, grab this or whatever. And the DJ just, it's like he fumbles, he fumbles the ball and starts playing uh, Cindy C, I think it was. And they don't work together. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, he was playing. Yeah, that was Cindy C. And he's trying to like. I guess he's trying to do some no, kind of the, mix. That's LeGrand, isn't it? That's no, LeGrand. it is LeGrand. You're right. LeGrand. And I'm like, what the? F-? And even Prince was like, no, oh, no, no, DJ, wait, hold on. You know, he was like, let me get that back. Like, he didn't want to clown the dude, like, openly, like, clown him. But you could see, he was like, yo, what the? 
Give me a bit. Give so, it back wait, to me. So, he he fires he fired uh Quest Love from DJ in the set. <laughs> he hires this dude. Hey wow. man, I, I guess I don't know. I was like, how did he get this gig? Like you have to. He's a DJ apparently. I was like, well, maybe I haven't been out in the clubs. I don't know. That's, maybe that's how they do it. That's how they do it <laughs> nowadays. But I was just like this. I was. We was like yomp. And we was doing like the time yomp. <laughs> like what the hell is he? What boat you riding? What are you doing? But uh, yeah, so the, you know, eventually Prince finished. I think Shelby J came out there for a second when he was doing that as well, and she said something into the mic or saying for a second. And eventually he was done, and then it goes back into the party thing, you know, DJ playing again. And again, it's sort of we were all sort of thinking, no, this is the last night. Maybe it's going to come out and play again. They still had that piano was still out there and they still had the candles lit around it. So some people thought maybe he's going to go back on over there. So you see people kind of like trinkling to stand in front of that stage. And then they started trinkling to go into the main stage. And maybe they're all going to play. <clears throat> and at this time, there was cameras still filming. But then you saw him put the cameras up. He was like, I guess they ain't going to do it. And then they moved the cameras over back to where he had his little keyboard thing set up and he set that back up again. So everyone was like, oh, can I gravitate over there? Because maybe he's finally going to come back out again. But for whatever reason, they were like, ah, that's it. Uh, the last song they played was Paisley Park. And then the lights came on and they let the whole song play out and they was like, man, thanks for coming. But that's it. It's over. You know, time to go. And, uh, that that was essentially they they were doing tours that night too as well, um, but that was essentially it, man. That was three days that sort of all blended into one. Um, but uh, amazing to 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 be there and to see it, and I was very very much happy with uh, the experience there. You know, outside of that, I went to the Mall of America, of course. Um, I, we found the Purple Rain House. I was going to ask and, you that. And took a picture of that. It was such an unassuming sort of street and area. Um, but, you know, it was there. Uh, First Avenue. I took a picture in front of that. I had seen that before. But uh, one thing I said about that city, and maybe I just was in a, this isolated sort of area, is it seemed like a small type of a city to me. Like, you know, I'm comparing it to Seattle or something. But what, uh, Chanhausen? Chanhassie. Oh, even, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, went to Minneapolis for you know the downtown part for a second, but I don't know. It just uh, to me, it all is very like suburban type of experience. Uh, and I was by the airport too, so got a lot to do with it. But it was cool, man. Um, again, uh, Paisley Park. I always imagined it was down some dirt road. There was nothing else around there, but you know. There's a whole development down that area, you know, Chanahassee and all of those stores you've seen everywhere else and stuff. But it was cool, man. Like, um, uh, people listen to this website, to this podcast are there and they let me know. And I was, that was all love. Um, so it was just a good experience. Had a lot of fun, very much energized walking out of there, uh, to keep doing this and do other things. So, yeah, that was my Paisley Park experience. Beautiful. You have to go. I just uh, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm just wondering what does um. Now you said there were a thousand people there the Thursday night, and it was two two fifty ahead or more. 
okay, let's say fifteen hundred. And then the night, the, the next night it was fifty bucks, and the night after that it was twenty five bucks. I'm just wondering what does. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not complaining that he does this because next time I hear about him doing it, I, after listening to you and everybody else talk, I, I got to book a ticket, but um, book a flight. But what does he get out of it? I wonder. Is he? I could see it if he's like, if he uses it to work out new material or, or not new material, but work out kinks and because he's about to do a tour. But I mean, that's just what he made those three nights is chump change to him. What does he get out of doing this? I wonder. What's yeah, I his? Always, I he's always done that though. He's always had you know jams at the uh, the studio for the longest time. I understand. I'm just I'm just curious what he. Unless he's rehearsing for a tour, rehearsing because he's about to record an album or something. He's a musician, man. He likes to play. He got to play. Are you talking about the actual space? Like, what does he do at Paisley Park? No, no, no. Why does he do these? Why does he do these these jaunts? You know, why does he for the fans? That's what he he just said. Okay, and again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just curious. I'm not criticizing. I'm just so if he's doing it for the fans, why? I'm just. It would be great if he did something that a lot more people. Because he benefits more, he makes more money that way. If, if well, he, again, that? in terms of business, we don't know his business, status, pockets. But I think he, I think Mark said it best. He is a musician. He's an artist. He likes to play. He likes to be around people. I'd imagine. And he said it himself. I didn't mention this earlier, but right after he, or when he was doing the piano show, he said, "Give it up for Kirk, Kirk Johnson. This brother right here is the reason." He's a mastermind behind this whole thing. Um, so, you know, maybe something his boy put together and said, yo, this would be a dope event that we do this. Um, I just think he did it for the whole love of it, man. Um, I imagine he makes money doing other things, but uh, I don't, I mean, again, I don't know. It, it was what it was. It was a whole love affair. That's what it was to me. That's what it seemed like he got from it. And I imagine as a musician, an artist, performer, you have to perform, right? Uh, why would better than to just have everyone come to you? Yeah. No, no, no argument here. I mean, a lot of actors are the same way. They'll do a big screen film or something like that, and then take a little, relatively little role in an off Broadway thing just to keep sharp. You know, stand up comics, same thing. You know, they'll go out to the punchline when they're not on, on the big, big stages. Yeah, no, it, it was dope. Like I said, he. He let a lot of people eat and gave some opportunities, which, again, to me is, I think, is a great place for him to be at this point. Like, okay, let me give Larry Graham. Y'all can come in and play. You know, Larry talked about, you know, he lives in Minneapolis, but they're always out internationally so much. He's like, it's rare that we actually get to do a show in our hometown. You know, and this is dope to be here. Uh, we ain't got to, I guess, drive down the street, you know, and play. He kept saying that. Um, again, all those people that he had working there, you know, he that's a lot of people getting to eat that night. Um, when we went to Perkins after the second night, one of the ladies who was working there, she came there with us. She essentially was a fan, but she works there. And I could tell for, you know, this was cool. Like, oh, I get to work tonight, uh, you know, at a place that she knew all the words of the song, but I'm working here and. So it was putting a lot of people on. And again, there was a lot of people flew from overseas. I met a lot of people from, there was like 50 people. They uh, came from the UK, uh, mad excited. And it just came for the love of it. Like, you know, so I, I think that's why I do it, man. It's just like, this is our Comic-Con. You know, yeah, y'all want to come? Cool. Let me show y'all some cool stuff. 
y'all come into my space, you know, and it was all peace with no fighting. And, oh, remember I told you about the uh, car incident? Yeah. You see your car? That lady sat in front of us. <laughs> you should have smacked her. <laughs> I was like, look at you. He's not. I, was, I just wanted to say, ma'am, he's not choosing you. <laughs> get off it. <laughs> get off it. But uh yeah man, it, it was it was it was good, man. Definitely uh a sight to see. So with that, um shout out to Ben uh at Prince.org. He did a meetup the second night at this uh restaurant. And, it, you know, it was happy hour and it had the whole bar was pretty much all Prince heads up in there. And from my understanding, he took care of the whole bill for that. Like that was boss move, real dope, uh, real good people, him and his wife. And that was dope. That's the picture I took with him and Funkenberry was at that. Um, that was that was tight. So shout out to Ben at the org. And uh, man, shout out to I can't remember all the names, but I know my man Cody was there uh barbara uh tammy um the third night it was so dope to me this lady came up to me and she's like are you michael d and i was like yeah and i thought she was gonna say something prince or something right she's like i read your book nice. and i was like which she said no i like science fiction she was like man you're awesome like write another one and that was it and i was like damn Okay, it's time to put in some work. So it it was dope, man. Like it was a good time. All right. Oh, before we So that 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 was that, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to talk about um the time. Cuz they just Jeez. played last night and they streamed it live and I had a chance to listen to that and I think Aunt Pooh, are you still here with us? Turn your mic on. Uh, but I think Aunt heard it. But uh Anyway, I would say, did anyone else get to hear that performance? I heard it. What did you think, Mark? You know, I thought it was tight. You know, I mean, obviously, we long-time cats, we want to see the original members, but we're not going to get that. So the guys that he's had for the last, God, dozen years, they are a very, very tight unit. I like it. Yeah, there was, uh, I was listening to, uh, when they get into uh, Gigolos, man, that was... Oh, that, that was just ridiculous. They play them songs pretty much the same way they've been playing them. But when you got songs like that and, you know, like with Prince, like he'll play the songs the way that he is as a musician today, which is dope because he shows the growth and that he's doing different things. But these guys just play. It's the synths, drums, bass, guitar, and they just jamming it. And man, they fleshed some of them things out so dope when they were playing them slow songs. I was like, damn. And then you get into like the bird and seven seven ninety three eleven fish net. They just played jams. It was so good to hear straight Minneapolis funk. Right? Where it's not like, oh, let's put a horn section here to play that that part or no. <laughs> we don't play it like it's supposed to be played. That was dope to hear that uh I would have loved if Prince just came up there with him, or I would just I would just hope he would be like, oh, you know what? 
Uh, maybe I can see why you want to play these songs kind of like that sometimes, just to play them the way they were supposed to be played. Because <laughs> they, Morris, them was killing it, man. They were killing it. I, I was like, oof. I, I can, I don't know if I, like, just think if they went on tour together. I, you got to really come with some stuff if you let them dudes go first. Well, they did do that at uh, the Oakland stop on Musicology. You know, it was unannounced, but Morris and the, and the time came out and, and started it off, man. They really they really brought the fire. Yeah. yeah. They still got it, man. Still got it. And then there was uh, Morris got on drums and they did what? Tricky? Yep. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Uh, Sean, did you get to hear that? Any of that? No, I didn't get to hear it. Okay. Q? I didn't know about it till this morning. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so this stream, I mean, is it archived somewhere or do you know? Uh, I don't think it is. It was a radio station that was doing it, so I don't think it right. was. I'm sure somebody must have recorded it, though. So it'll probably turn up here pretty soon. Um, but I, I guess they, you know, Judith Hill opened up, so I would imagine hers was streamed as well. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch that one, but. Yeah, they definitely uh, put that fire on Paisley Park. And it was funny because Morris was up there cussing. He was telling that story about Uptown Funk or something like that. <laughs> he just kept saying, shit, that, that, this, that shit, this the shit where they got it from. I was like, was turn, they about to turn his mic off. He was going, <laughs> he was going in for a minute there. <laughs> Like damn, all right, Morris. Yeah, it was when I when uh, Common was there. He he kept having to catch himself cursing during his songs. He was he. I know he slipped during one of them. He said, "Sorry, Prince." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morris. I thought Morris was about to start really going there just for some reason because he was like, "This way, where you think they got that shit from?" <laughs> he, he didn't say you took. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was kind of like, and he, you know, he was, but he gave a mad print, uh, props to Prince. He was he was telling his little stories and stuff, but. Yeah, it was a good ass show, man. That's that sound like it was bomb. I don't know what happened the rest of that night. I haven't seen the reports yet, but yeah, they they lit that one up. As the as the kids say, it was lit. Any that's when it's time to cut the show off right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is uh, we're gonna add this to the show. But we got my man Jester on the line. Uh, we were just talking about him uh, as being a part of the Paisley Park After Dark. When we saw the gala event uh, a week and a half ago, Jester, man, welcome to the show, sir. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? What's up, everyone? Man, we we good. So first of all, man, two things. Uh, first off the bat, last night the time um, I heard the live stream. Oh, so they did live stream. That's they, cool. They did. I figured How, they did. Yeah. What, what was the show like for you, man? The show it was cool. You know, seeing the time I've never seen the time before. Oh. And, you know, it's really just like the movie. Like <laughs> you know, They come out with the mirror. You know, it was that, that whole thing. And I love to see Jelly Bean on the drums, you know, and he played the guitar for a bit, too. And, uh, yeah, I thought the show was pretty good. I, it, it was really it was fast. And then Judith Hill, she happened uh, right before them. So mm-hmm. um, how was the turnout there last night? It was a lot of people. There's a lot of people out this time, yeah. Okay. A lot of locals, you know. Right. It's Minneapolis. You know, people have been watching Purple Rain since it started. So everyone wants to see the time live in addition to everybody. So okay. it was a good crowd, I think. All right. Now, I, again, I only heard what they played on the the live stream. Was there any opportunity? Did, did Prince come out at all? Or did they do anything else after the time? 
Oh, no, no, no. After the time, um, it was pretty much done. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, man, I got to ask you this, because I was trying to remember just everything from that tour, but you done done this tour a number of times, and I was saying on the show, to do a tour, that means you didn't have to be up in there uh, a couple of times. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. When was the first time, when was the opportunity where they was like, listen, Jester, man, you need to be like, be a part of what's going on here. Like, are you able to even talk about that if you can, but. Uh, well, I, I know it just happened very fast. <laughs> I just, one day it was told, Hey, would you like this, you know, this opportunity? And I was like, sure. And that's how it happened. <laughs> right. Just like, you're going to do the tours tomorrow, you know? And I believe that was right when I was for the uh, dance, international dance party weekend for Hit and Run Phase 1. Uh, the When people came out, you know, to support Phase 1, mm-hmm. it was the second, I believe. Because Josh, Josh was doing the tours originally. Okay. And then right after it was released, that's when I took over it the next day. So. So on that tour, man, if we can sort of, you know, do a short version just for the people. There's a lot of people that don't get to go, right? Like it took me 30, yeah. 30 years to get get to Paisley Park. I was glad to see you, man. I was like, Dude, yeah, you've never been here. So yeah, when I saw you and he was like, you're doing a tour. I was like, oh, okay. You kind of looked at me. I looked at you. I said, yeah, this is this going to be special. What, <laughs> yeah. So when you first, there's that walkway there where it has like the the pictures and then the the uh, awards and stuff. Is there like a name for that little hallway? Um, I call it the walkway of fame. Okay. <laughs> or just the, you know, just the different evolutions that it focuses on, you know, throughout the years from 1979 to currently, just the different eras and concepts that were mixed in chronologically. Mm-hmm. So it's like a walkway and then you see the awards too, so. Yeah. It's not really a particular name, but I think what people would say it's a walkway, <laughs> a princess. Walk of fame. All right. And then was that when you come, it's like a door or something. Is that going right into the studios at that point? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Going into studio B. Got it. Uh, and right ahead is the ping pong table and everything. I'm, I have right. a complete visual layout of how it looks because I've done it. Now enough. I'm remembering. That's right. The ping pong table. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a one it's one of those places when you're there you're just soaking it in. Yeah. It's not really. Um then what was that room that was was like the space room or something? Is that what you call it? Yeah, that's the space room. Okay. I ain't giving away the tour now. You, you <laughs> y'all gonna have to uh go on Bring tour and we're gonna stop up. right at space. That's, there you go. There you go. But yeah, no, nah, it was that that was that was just dope as hell, man. Like I said, yeah. Uh, very amazing. I was happy that you was uh, an opportunity to do that. So that was, yeah, man, it was fun. It's really cool just seeing people come out and do it. And I mean, you know, it's one aspect of Prince that that goes on. And you know, seeing the behind the scenes is always cool. I think you know, seeing the the equipment and mm-hmm. just knowing the history of what a lot of those rooms hold. It's a lot of legacy going around, so right. it's cool. All right, man. Well, cool. I won't keep you too much on that. Um, what, what What's going on with you, man? I know you've been doing like your poetry and different things into the yeah. videos. Well, what's next for you, man? What's going on? Man, I'm I'm headed out the country tomorrow morning to go to New Zealand. Um, 
So that's a project I'm doing out there. So I, I think what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm trying to find conversation in the film. And so I'm going to take this big old trip out there just to help me with that. And nice. that's really exciting because I've never been to New Zealand, but I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun ride. So a lot more of me coming in form of film and uh that kind of stuff, yeah. Man, that's uh, that's dope. Congratulations on that. Real quick, because I know you 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 recently moved to Minnesota in the last year yeah. or so. Where are you from yeah. originally again? I'm originally from New Orleans. That's right. Uh, and then Hurricane Katrina happened, so I was in Texas. I moved out here from Texas. What part of Texas? Uh, uh, Dallas. Dallas. Arlington, okay. Arlington, which is in Dallas, but yeah. Okay. Is that where your family's back at now? Is- that's where they at. They in Texas. So you came up here, Dolly came by by yourself. Yeah, I just made the move after coming up here before. I've been up, you know, I visited so much, right. and it felt like a cool place to just lay my head for a while because I knew I couldn't be in Texas. So <laughs> I knew I couldn't be. Minneapolis was the perfect spot. I think it, it's been cool since I've been out here. I really like it. All right, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, man? 23. 23, man. You on your journey, sir. You doing your thing. <laughs> like, yeah, man. <laughs> you're not letting no fear stop you. So that's that's dope, man. Honest uh, and opportunities. That's all it is, man. So All right. Well, yo, man, thank you for coming on here. Be safe out there in New Zealand. Uh, come back with, you know, the experiences. And please just continue to keep sharing and do what you do. Uh, as I said to you, I think that night later at Perkins, I said what I stepped away from the whole thing was it was like mm-hmm. res- respect and just being humble and, and not being scared. And look where it done took you and how far you didn't come in a short amount of time. So I salute you, man. You're doing your thing, bro. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you so much. Glad to be a part of your podcast, man. And I'm look forward to listening. You know, I'm always supporting you guys. So. Keep doing what you do. All right, man. Well, we'll talk with you later, sir. All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right, peace. Hey, as we always do, we got to go around the room. Big Sexy, where can they find you? Wow. Uh, Twitter, Big Sexy and Sack. Facebook, Mark Wiggins. And I had two tickets in my basket to go to the concert. But my idiot client did something huh? stupid and had to be in court the following Friday, so I couldn't get away. Damn. You couldn't do a, uh, what do they call it, a uh, uh, continuance or something? What is it called? You can't do a continuance on the, you know, the day before, man. I was ready to go. I hate people. <laughs> man, I, that clutch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I would have been in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right, Q Storm, where can they find you? Uh, real quick, can I say real quick? I just want to, um, I want to tip my hat to you, sir. I am currently listening to the Phil Lassiter interview. And I'll say again, I don't know why your ass is not on Sirius XM because it was a dope interview. Um, you handle it like a professional. And um, I have to say, I will take the L. <clears throat> this will be Uh-oh. the third time in a month, Sean. Uh-oh. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can't say I don't know how to take an L, Ant. But <laughs> don't talk to me. Um, I guess Mike Fearless Leader was right because I've always said, you know, um, why doesn't Prince do this? Why doesn't Prince do that? And Mike was right because Phil, who met the met the brother, he said he took him into this room, the conference room, and he said, 
I'm at a point in my career where, what do you say, Mike? I don't have to prove nothing. Prove any, I don't have to prove nothing. <laughs> I'm like, well, damn. Okay. <laughs> I can't say he shut me up. So, b- b- bottom line, it, excellent interview. Uh, uh, kudos to to the work you did on that, man. That was that was dope. Uh, but all right, you can you can catch me on uh, Facebook as Michael Jones and on um, Twitter at QStorm3476. And uh, I'm going to try to get something up on my Lightning Strikes page here in the next couple weeks. Word. Thanks for that. And also, uh, Big Sexy's on that show as well. Definitely put it down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't Sean on there? Isn't Sean on there, too? No, I wasn't on there. No. Yeah. I was just there for comedy relief. <laughs> I was straight up Ed McMahon. It was pretty cool. Hilarious. I was just, it was just, it, it was dope listening to his story about how he got. Yeah. You were saying it. He, he um. So he got called and he was ready. That's what it's all about. Sean Hill. Yes, sir. Let me find you. All right. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Hill Street Views. You can also find me on Facebook, Sean Hill and Real Movie Talk. And look for the return of Hill Street Views, the yeah. blog, on February 5th. I'll have a review of Hell Caesar. Dun, dun, dun. Back in the game one more, one more again. When does Deadpool come out, man? The 12th. But I'm seeing uh, it next Thursday. Gotcha. See, there you go. What? Right, I, when he said he was going to retire, I know that's some bullshit. Come on. <laughs> what I should have done was I should have used that opportunity to fill his spot. I would have come back for that spot had you done that, Q. Yeah. Bye. Oh, I'm sorry. Attempted to do that. Ooh. Oh. Shots fired. Uh, Aunt Pooh, are you there? He is still in transit. In transit. All right. Well, we'll shout out to Aunt Pooh. Uh, good luck on the job interview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. As we always say about this time, work it like a job. We will definitely see you next time. Peace. <laughs>